Support for I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere comes from MX Publishing. With the largest catalog of new Sherlock Holmes books in the world, new novels, biographies, graphic novels, and short story collections about Sherlock Holmes. Find them at mxpublishing.com. And by the Wessex Press, the premier publisher of books about Sherlock Holmes and his world. Find them online at wessexpress.com. And from listeners like you, who support us through Patreon. Bonus material, thank you gifts, and more await at patreon.com slash I Hear of Sherlock. I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, episode 237, a celebration of Sherlock Holmes. I hear of Sherlock everywhere since you became a stronger. In a world where it's always 1895, comes I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, a podcast for devotees of Mr. Sherlock Holmes, the world's first unofficial consulting detective. I've heard of you before. You're Holmes the meddler, Holmes the busybody, Holmes the Scotland Yard jack in office. <laughs> the game's afoot as we discuss goings-on in the world of Sherlock Holmes enthusiasts, the bigger streeter regulars, and popular culture related to the great detective. As we go to press, sensational developments have been reported. So join your hosts, Scott Monty and Burke Walder, as they talk about what's new in the world of Sherlock Holmes. You couldn't have come at a better time! Hello and welcome to I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, the first podcast for Sherlock Holmes devotees where it's always 1895. I'm Scott Monty. I'm Bert Wold. And Bert, are you ready to celebrate today? I, I am in deep need, deep and profound and vast need of an opportunity to celebrate and I am ready to go. Excellent. Well, we we will be quite celebratory in our nature here today. We are going to be launching into an interview with Paul Booth from a celebration of Sherlock Holmes, a conference coming up at DePaul University on May 7th, 2022. So stay tuned for that. A little bit of housekeeping here before we do that, and that is... If you would like the show notes for this episode, and you will because there's links that you will need to check out, it is available at ihose.co slash ihose237. That's all lowercase. It'll take you directly to the ihearofsherlock.com website. There you'll have all the links that uh, I did mention as well as ways to get in touch with us on all of our social networks where we are I Hear of Sherlock. You can email us at comment at ihearofsherlock.com. Keep that email address handy because it's going to come into use later on in the show when we have our canonical couplet quiz. That's where we give you two lines of poetry and we give you a chance to win a prize from the iHose vaults here. We have all kinds of treasures, past and present, of Sherlock Holmes. And you can also become a patron simply by hitting that orange Become a Patron button. That'll take you to Patreon. If you'd like to go directly there, it's patreon.com slash I hear of Sherlock. And all of our patrons will be able to listen to additional clips and see additional material as we have it available. And in fact, there will be a bonus audio clip for our patrons. So if you would like to be part of that, that community there, please become 
uh, a patron. We thank you for your support, and we look forward to welcoming you to the I Hear of Sherlock community. Paul Booth is a professor of media and cinema studies in the College of Communication at DePaul University. Received his PhD in communication and rhetoric from RPI, and he researches fandom, games, technology, popular culture, and cultural studies. He teaches classes in media studies, television narrative, convergence, and digital media, board games, popular culture, new media, communication technology, and participatory cultures. He also happens to be the organizer of the annual DePaul Pop Culture Conference, where fans and scholars come together in thoughtful discussion of popular culture texts. Past conference topics have included a wide variety of topics, which we will discuss with Paul in just a moment. And, of course, the 2022 conference is focused on who else? Sherlock Holmes. And according to Paul's bio, he's currently enjoying a cup of coffee. Paul, is that true? Uh, it is, in fact, a lie because at the moment I am enjoying a cup of tea. Ah. Uh, but I had a cup of coffee an hour ago, so I'm going to say that it's still true. <laughs> right. but an hour ago, back when we first connected and tried to get all the technical glitches <laughs> worked right. out. That's good. <laughs> I had time to boil the kettle. <laughs> That's great. Well, why don't we uh, start out with how you first became acquainted with this character known as Sherlock Holmes? Oh, gosh, what a question. I don't know if there's ever been a time I haven't been acquainted with Sherlock Holmes. Um, I have very strong memories of being a kid and watching uh, the old Sherlock Holmes movies on, uh, like, television back like on a on a rainy Sunday or, uh, you know, if I was homesick from school um, and... And just fell in love with the character. And it, I mean, it wasn't until later that I kind of read the stories myself, um, and, and started kind of researching and, and learning more about Sherlock Holmes. But, um, I must have been seven or eight the first time that I, I kind of saw Jeremy Brett. And it just like was an amazing experience. Well, that's that's fantastic, and you know it's, it's interesting because so many people have uh, this convergence of uh, kind of a textual introduction to Sherlock Holmes at the same time that they see him portrayed on some screen. Because, as the name of the show goes, uh, we do hear of Sherlock everywhere. Um, so, so there there becomes this mixture in the mind, and and that seems to be consistent with uh the the types of things that you uh you teach as we went over in your bio there it's really this convergence of so many things can can you talk a little bit about what you've witnessed in your professional career with respect to pop culture and uh different media and the convergence of some of these uh, great concepts yeah absolutely i think that's a great way of bringing together a lot of the things that i've been interested in Kind of since I got my PhD, since I since I um, really started doing media studies research, um, a lot of the you're right. A lot of the things that I I tend to research, and a, and a lot of things that have been the topic of the pop culture conference, um, are central to convergence and convergence culture. Um, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes existed as stories for a long time, but I think in in popular culture, 
there are many more people who will have seen uh, the BBC, the recent BBC adaptation, or will have seen the Robert Downey uh, Robert Downey Jr. movies. Um, I, I even if you look at something like Star Trek, right, which was a TV show and then movies and novels and stories and comics, nothing that is uh, kind of immensely culturally significant exists in just one medium. Um, and I, I think it's because people that are fans of, of these massive texts or these characters or these cultural touchstones want to experience it in new ways and want to experience these texts um across all of the different forms that they can take. What is Sherlock Holmes in a comic book? And how is that different than Sherlock Holmes on screen or on the page? And I think it, it doesn't so much change the character as it gives us, uh, as readers, kind of more nuance, um, a more maybe 360 view of of these texts, these characters, these um, culturally significant icons. So, uh, yeah, I mean... The, the idea of convergence is that all of these different media forms come together when, when we're imagining what the object of our devotion, the object of our fandom, the object of our enthusiasm, when we imagine what that is, we don't just pull from one source. We pull from, from all of these sources from around us. Um, some of which are professionally made and some of which are fan made. Um, I, I, it would not surprise me to learn that a lot of Sherlock Holmes fans have an idea of the character from fan fiction, um, or fan made movies. Um, that, that is how a lot of people find their, their loves in the media today. Yeah, I think that's a, a a great observation, and you know the the, the thing with uh, this multimedia approach to, let's say, Sherlock Holmes in particular, um, we haven't. Well, let me put it this way: we are in the midst of a great renaissance, and not only of Sherlock Holmes, but just in terms of the different platforms by which we have to consume Sherlock Holmes content. However, you go back to when Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was still living. Well, you had Sherlock Holmes on stage. You had Sherlock Holmes in one of the earliest films by Thomas Edison in 1901. You had Sherlock Holmes uh, on the radio. Right? So even, even during Conan Doyle's time, Sherlock Holmes was a multimedia attraction. Do you think that with so many different methods now, so many different platforms, that that enhances or dilutes the character? Oh, I think it enhances the character um, without a doubt. Uh, I, I, But I am also a person, <laughs> uh, much to my students' chagrin or my students' anger, <laughs> depending on your point of view, uh, who embraces contradiction. Um, I, I, I love the wrinkles and, and the things where, where one text contradicts another text. Um, cause I find that that is where it's really fun to debate and discuss and, and dive into a character. So, so whereas I think, I, I think there are some people who would say, oh, you know, in, in, 
in 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 one medium in the movies Sherlock Holmes is portrayed in this way but in in the text in the original he's he a, a a very different character um and i i fully understand you know people fans not liking that or 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 wanting wanting there to be consistency but for me personally i find those inconsistencies to be the most fun um cuz that's where i can sit down with a with another fan and and just have an endless conversation about, you know, well, well, what if this is the case or what if that was the case? Um, so for me, it makes a much more interesting character and a much more well-rounded character. Um, because human beings are contradictory and, and, and human beings have different perspectives and change over time. Um, and I think if, if you have a character that's a hundred and what is it now? 140 years old. Um, and, and it hasn't changed at all. Uh, the, that's just boring. I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's it's interesting because there's a lot going on in what you just said. I mean, on the one hand, you know, humans are very imitative. And so there have always been aspects of Holmes's character that people have said, hey, you know, maybe next I, next time I go up the stairs, I should count and see how many there are. And maybe the next time I walk down the street, I should see if I could see mud on someone's shoes. And there's that aspect, too. But the other thing is that by doing what you suggest, you know, in addition to having great, interesting conversations, you can begin to chart the evolution of uh, culture and character because the way the characters are presented is probably, well, just very representative of the way characters and personalities are generally being presented in different media at the time. That's a, that's actually yeah, that's a really great point. And you know, it, it's something I, I I teach a class not about Sherlock Holmes; it's about Doctor Who. But we look at Doctor Who from from its beginnings in 1963 all the way up to the present day. And in that 58 years, what we talk about is how the the character changes to keep up with with whatever the culture is at the time. And I think the same can be true of any long-lasting text. Um, James Bond has changed in, in you know, nearly 60 years. Um, and, and Sherlock Holmes has changed. And it is, it is, it helps us understand the larger cultural changes that have, that have happened in that, and that shape us as well. Oh, yeah. Boy, and I love the Doctor Who aspect to this. You know, like many people who are interested in Sherlock Holmes, I'm, I'm also a fan of, of Doctor Who. And you can really see that evolution that you talk about when you think about the difference over the years, you know, the campy Pertwee years and the original premise of Doctor Who, which I think was sort of sold on the idea of, well, you know, it's going to be... You know, Different historical things, that's it. It'll be mm-hmm. moments of history, and that'll be really interesting. And um, no, it's really, it's really uh, fascinating to see that sort of evolution roll out in uh, a character in a production over decades. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Paul, because, you know, with James Bond, with Doctor Who, they, they kind of move with the time you know we we had james bond as a cold war hero and now we're well beyond the cold war and uh you know he's looking at uh, things that have to do with cyber crime and you know modern uh challenges when it comes to sherlock holmes he's often portrayed in 
his element in Victorian and Edwardian England. Do you see any changes to characteristics or attitudes within that time frame that are still reflective of what we're dealing with today? Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think, I mean, the, the obvious answer to that is, is the BBC Sherlock show, which has updated Sherlock Holmes and put him in the present day. But then, you know, even if you look at the, the Guy Ritchie movies that came out, gosh, 10, 15 years ago now, um, which were taking place in, in, in Victorian London, um, the portrayal of, um, Holmes and Watson in those movies to me reads extremely modern. Um, just the way that they interacted, the way they spoke, it, it felt like a contemporary take on the character, even though they were in this, uh, historical setting. Um, but at, at the same time, I mean, I think there is a, a, I think you're right that there is a, um, with, with Holmes in particular, there's a love of Victoriana and, and the, the kind of, uh, uh, older, older British culture, um, that, that comes with it. I, 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 I think that more so than James Bond and more so than the doctor or, or other characters, Holmes is a creature of his, of his environment. And so the portrayal while I think it does update and I think it does change over time, I think it does with Holmes in particular needs to have a kind of consistency of the era, um, to make it familiar, to make, to make the character seem, seem like the character that we love. I, I think you're, you're right. And, um, this is, it's interesting because you talk about contradictions. I think this is one of the reasons that Sherlock Holmes is still with us 140 years on and will probably still be with us another 140 years on. Um, we're able to kind of put that, that pin in him and his time and yet still make it relevant for, uh, the things that we're grappling with today. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, listen to our sponsor, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Paul about the conference. Stay with us. MX Publishing recently launched the MX Audio Collection, an app with a series of interviews and other audio content, beginning with Lee Child talking about Reacher and Sherlock. There are many more interviews lined up for 2022, including Jeffrey Hatcher, screenwriter for Mr. Holmes, Otto Penzler, the founder of the Mysterious Bookshop and Mysterious Press, authors like Bonnie McBird and Nicholas Meyer, and yours truly, Scott Monty and Burt Walder from I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere. Every month, MX will be adding in at least four new Sherlock Holmes stories and some more theater performances. There'll be more from the deductionist, Ben Cardall, too. You can read more about the app and sign up for the MX Audio Collection at ihose.co slash mxaudio. That's all lowercase, ihose.co slash mxaudio. There's a monthly subscription option and an annual subscription option with a significant discount. And iHose listeners get an additional 25% off of any subscription you choose just by using the code IHOSE when checking out. 
A percentage of the proceeds of the app go to Undershaw, the school for children with learning disabilities. It was the former home of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who, of course, wrote many of the Sherlock Holmes stories while he lived there. So go to ihose.co slash mxaudio and use the code ihose today for the MX Audio Collection. Okay, we are back, and we're talking with Paul Booth, who is uh, with DePaul University, and he is putting on a conference on May 7th, 2022, called A Celebration of Sherlock Holmes. Now, this is part of a series of celebrations, of, of conferences. Paul, can you take us back kind of through the history of this pop culture conference, uh, you know, maybe how you developed it and uh, how it rolled out? Absolutely. Um, this is the ninth uh, conference, uh, so I'm already kind of thinking of what we might be able to do for our for our big big tenth anniversary next year. Um, but um, it, so it started in in 2013, and it actually started at the suggestion of a student um, who was in in a class of mine and and. Um, 2013 for for uh, your listeners that uh, know their Doctor Who um, know that it was the 50th anniversary of of the show, and uh, I, my students all know that I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. I mean, I wear a Doctor Who T-shirt every day. I have little action figures in my office, um, and uh, and one of them said, "Are you doing anything for the 50th anniversary?" And I said, uh, "Well, I am." going to watch some episodes and things. He's like, no, are you doing something at DePaul? We would love to, to like learn more about Dr. Who. And so I, I thought that's such a brilliant idea. I'll, I'll just put, I'll invite, I mean, I know a bunch of people who, who research Dr. Who, so I'll invite them and we can have a little symposium. So the celebration of Dr. Who happened. Um, and it was just such an amazing experience. And the students came and we had, uh, really thoughtful, intelligent conversations. Um, they got a lot out of it. Um, my my colleagues got a lot out of it. And then, uh, surprisingly, um, about a hundred people from Chicago came. I think some some folks uh, let like uh, uh, some clubs know, and 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 they all kind of they they came. And so. I the I I thought this was a such a fabulous experience. Um, everyone got something out of it. I really enjoyed putting it on. I'll I'll do it again. Uh, and so I didn't want to do Doctor Who. So the next year, I think um, I, I wouldn't do this now, uh, given everything that we have learned. But um, it was a, a Joss Whedon themed one, a but kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed conference. Um, <laughs> yeah, it in. It was 2014. A lot of stuff hadn't come out. Um, I've I've since apologized uh, for for doing that theme as a conference. But um, but again, we had about 200 people come to that conference. The year after, we did Supernatural. Um, and the year after that, we did Star Trek, uh, and then Harry Potter, uh, and then we've done Disney, um, and then we did have to do a, a kind of pause uh during the covid years um and then we did a virtual conference last year on superheroes um and then this year is is of course Sherlock Holmes so we we really kind of run the gamut of different kinds of texts different kinds of uh um interests um i always have keynote speakers who work in the industry academic speakers um, who who study this stuff? 
but it's really the the conference as a whole is really geared towards bringing fans and academics together because the thing that I kind of recognized when I did the first one, did the Doctor Who one, was, um, you know, academics talk, when they study pop culture, you know, we talk about these pop culture texts and analyze them in the same way that fans are. We just use a different language sometimes. Um, and fans talk about and analyze their favorite texts just using different languages. So um, let's bring these people together. Let's let's have conversations that span uh, more than just an academic conference or a fan convention. Let's put something together that brings people together. Um, and so far, it's really been a success. Um, people are excited. Uh, the academics love it because it's a little bit less formal. I think uh, fans love it because it gives them an opportunity to talk about uh, their favorite text in a kind of more analytical way than than they're often used to. Um, and then we get great, great community guests coming in, practitioners coming in. We have vendors come in. Uh, so I, I always get some community partners in. Um, and it's, it's, it is exactly what it says, a celebration. As people get together to talk about this thing that's been really influential in their lives. Um, it's free. It's just one day. And it's it's just such a such an amazing event to to put on, and I've I've met so many interesting people doing it. So, what have you planned for May and Sherlock Holmes? Well, our our kind of big keynote speakers for uh, this conference, um, the academic speaker is a professor from Dollhouse University um, in Canada. His name is Dr. Tom Yui. Um, and he's published uh, a lot of work on um, on Sherlock Holmes generally, um, but he's also kind of edited a, a book on Sherlock Holmes fandom that has been uh, pretty popular. Um, and I, I've I've met him before, and he's he's a really really great speaker. Um, but our our big kind of professional keynote is Arwell Wynne Jones, who's the who was the production designer of BBC's Sherlock. So he worked on. Um, all four series of Sherlock with Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss. Um, he also worked on Doctor Who, uh, which is just a happy, happy coincidence. Um, and and on a, on Dracula on a number. He he's worked a lot with Stephen Moffat. Um, but he's gonna he's flying over. He's gonna talk to us about production design and um, kind of putting together the look of Sherlock. Um, but we also have some some other really interesting panels. Um, there are four local crime authors who are doing a panel on writing crime, crafting the the crime fiction novel. I have a private investigator doing a panel talking about like what's it like being a real life Sherlock Holmes. Uh, we're going to have screenings of some Sherlock Holmes media. And then, of course, there's panels of um, of academics and fans kind of talking over things from adaptations of Sherlock Holmes, mental health and Sherlock Holmes, um, uh, Holmes and Watson as characters, science and technology in the Sherlock Holmes universe, um, genre and history, sexuality, um, fandom, lots of really interesting topics. Um, and that's just kind of scratching the surface. We've got about 30, uh, 30 speakers coming in, um, giving talks. 
And this is all in one day? It is. Uh, there's, the panels are basically, there's going to be two panels concurrent. Uh, it goes from 10 in the morning until 5 in the evening. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, so it's, it is a packed day. Wow. I, that's impressive. <laughs> that is really impressive. But that means that people have to choose, don't they? They can't. That that is sadly, choose. sadly, yes. People do have to choose. I've I've tried not to uh, put things in conflict with each other that that maybe uh, share an interest. But um, yeah, it is uh, one of the kind of realities is that there's always going to be a little bit, unless I do a two day conference, and then it suddenly people have to get a hotel room, and um, it just becomes a little bit more of a of an ordeal for people. And I, you know, I'm, I'm really wanting this to be a free event, um, that, that you can just kind of come to and enjoy without having to stress too much about it. But yeah, no, I, 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 it's either that or I, or I reject a lot of papers and I don't like doing that either. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, this is vexing because, uh, you're not that far away. I'm, I'm in Michigan. Um, but unfortunately, um, I am, I am taken that weekend. So, um, I, I would dearly love to, to come and uh, see this. So for Sherlockians who are in the Midwest or who are willing to travel, um, what do they need to do to ensure that they can attend this free event? Absolutely. Um, and I'm very sorry that you won't be able to attend Scott because, uh, I, I only learned after, this had been scheduled that there were a number of other Sherlock themed events going on that weekend. Um, and unfortunately I'm, I'm at the mercy of DePaul's schedule, um, as well as the schedule of my keynote guests. So, um, it is, it is what it is. Um, but for, for folks who are interested, our website is popcultureconference.com. Um, and you can go there, find out more information. Uh, I will have the schedule up, uh, by next week, I'm just double checking with all the speakers to make sure I have all the information correct. Um, and we have an Eventbrite um, that you can get to via that that uh, website, popcultureconference.com. And uh, at the Eventbrite, you can register free tickets. We also have tickets um, for our charity. So every year, our our keynote speaker picks a charity uh, that they support and we raise money for that charity. Um, so you can donate on the Eventbrite as well. Um, this year's charity, and I'm, I'm sadly going to mispronounce it because I'm not Welsh, uh, but is a Welsh children's hospice, um, Ty Hoffen, I think is how it is pronounced. Um, but you can uh, uh, donate to, their, uh, to that cause on the Eventbrite as well. Yeah, that's great. That is fantastic. And and looking over the uh, speakers, uh, I should note that um, we've actually had a couple of them here on the show before, uh, a number of times. Ashley Polasek, who was with us on episode 143 with Curtis Armstrong, who is one of the other speakers. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I should have also I should have mentioned that, but um, I uh, I know Ashley from kind of academic circles, um, and uh, invited her to speak. And then Curtis, um, I've never met before, but he just submitted a paper, um, and uh, when I, when he submitted, I said, "This is 
this is outstanding. I've been a fan of yours since since I was young. I would love for you to come to the conference. So I'm extremely excited that both of them can make it. Yeah, and well, he had to tie into um, one of your earlier topics too. He's a supernatural guy, right? He is. He is, and you know, our our keynote guest on at that conference was one of the producers uh, and writers, Robbie Thompson. Um, and uh, sadly, I, I didn't know that that Curtis was so interested in in doing these sorts of talks. Um, I'll, I'll have him back as often as he wants to come. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's an amazing scholar, as well as uh, you know obviously a wonderful entertainment professional um hey maybe there's an idea maybe your 10th anniversary conference can be revenge of the nerds <laughs> i think it you know what as a way to tie together everything we've done so far that is very apt well i'll expect a free invitation then <laughs> <laughs> you've got it scott uh, well, it sounds like it's just going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, these things, as they always do, they result in even more conversations. They result in even more friendships, more professional associations with the, with each other. Uh, I, I think it just sounds like a, a magic combination that you've got here, Paul. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about it. And when are we going to get you to come out to some of our Sherlockian events? I would be happy to now, and now that I'm, I'm, uh, I've found your Facebook group. I'm happy to stay in touch and and come out as much as you'd like. Michigan's not that far away. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to more interactions together. Uh, Paul Booth from DePaul University and the DePaul Pop Culture Conference, which this year is a celebration of Sherlock Holmes on May seventh, twenty twenty two. Thank you so much for being with us here on I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much. There's so much more we could talk about with Paul Booth, and there's so much more we could say about this subject and what can be learned from looking at Sherlock Holmes and popular culture. I'm just sorry... We didn't have the time, but maybe we'll have an opportunity, um, you know, to have more of that sort of discussion with Paul and others in future, because it is, um, you know, absolutely fascinating. And and as we were sort of talking off mic with Paul, it, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have a clear beginning. You know, you could be thinking about popular culture in Sherlock Holmes in the 1880s and the 1890s, and that's just a fascinating idea to me. Yeah, I mean, Sherlock Holmes, yeah, I mean, he's been part of the popular culture landscape really since his very beginning. I mean, the very fact that um, people would send telegrams and letters to 221B Baker Street, I mean, that he was indelibly linked to the culture of the time, popular or not. Um, so it's uh, just fascinating the way that this has evolved over time and well, here's hoping we'll continue to evolve decades and decades into the future. One of the great Sherlockian periodicals is back. The 2021 Sherlock Holmes Review. Edited by Steve Doyle. Art direction by Mark Gagan. With all new contributions from Nicholas Meyer, Robert Doherty, 
Frank Cho, Anne Margaret Lewis, Steve Hawkinsmith, Les Klinger, Jimmy Aiken, and more. 118 pages about Sherlock Holmes. The illustrators, community, collecting, comics, reviews, film and TV, scholarship, including new artwork, Irene Adler drawn by the inimitable Frank Cho. It looks like a book and reads like a magazine. It's the Sherlock Holmes Review. Get your first edition copy of this essential 2021 Sherlockian annual, the all-new Sherlock Holmes Review, at wessexpress.com. Hey, Bert, you know what that means. Yes, that means it's time for everyone's favorite Sherlock Holmes quiz. It's Canonical Couplet, where we give you two lines of poetry, and you are supposed to identify which story we are talking about. Now, the last time we were around these parts, we gave you this clue. With masses of material, there's always something new. This case is reconstructed from the lion's point of view. Bert, do you do you know which Sherlock Holmes story we are talking it's, about this time? It sounds to me as if there's some doubt in your voice. I can't quite understand why that is. <laughs> well, we're about to find out. Yeah, of course I know what that is. <laughs> okay. That is that is an early failure. Unfortunately, by Sherlock Holmes, it's a case that involved a beautiful American contralto. A strange diet. That's the case Watson called a scandal in bulimia. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, uh, apologies to anyone uh, of, uh, well, any good sense, really. But (laughs) in this case, anyone who was looking for the actual answer of that. No, um, what we were, well, I'll, let, let, let's go to our friend Eric Deckers because he's always got uh, a, a, a great response for, uh, for this. In this case, Eric said, uh, despite my utter failure last time, which I plan to appeal, I remain optimistic of my chances this week. He says, I believe this is the case where Bert got a particularly nasty case of shingles and was overrun with a robust skin rash. It's the adventure of the scaled codger. (laughs) Wait, wait. Bert may be old, but he wasn't around in 1927. I think this is the adventure of the veiled lodger. And if I'm wrong, then the fix is in. It's fixed, I tells ya. Well, Eric, uh, you are actually correct this time around. Congratulations. You and uh, many other people will be uh, joining in the, uh, the, the, the drawing here that we're about to do. So let's wheel out the prize wheel and give it a big spin. Watching it go around and it's slowing down. And it looks like it landed on number 18. Number 18. And that corresponds to... Why, it's Olivia Kirkendall. (laughs) Olivia, congratulations. We'll be sending something your way from our coffers here on I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere. 
Well, that means that it is this time to uh, get our get our quiz on with the next canonical couplet. Here we go. Doubly preoccupied when this case had begun, Holmes learns Watson's number when at school was 31. If you know the answer for this episode's canonical couplet, put it in an email addressed to comment that I hear of Sherlock.com with canonical couplet in the subject line. If you are among all of the correct answers and we choose you at random, you'll win. Good luck. Well, fantastic, Bert. Can't wait to see what we pull out of the vaults this time. <laughs> Got plenty of stuff. How's it going in the vaults? It's I mean, good. it's well, you know, it is it is musty and dusty down here, um, and and occasionally I run into a few cobwebs. And uh, well, I think I saw Jack Benny down here a while ago <laughs> down in the vaults. I I was looking for my extra change, he said. Um, no, we uh, thanks to Tony Quatrochi, uh, we have a number of. Uh, of back prizes to get through. So, Tony, thank you for your generosity in sharing some of your collection with us, and we will uh, look forward to uh, adding more people to our recipient list moving forward. Well, I, I can't believe March is gone. Is is it uh, is it going out like a lamb, Bert? Lambert. Huh. <laughs> uh, well. It's but it hasn't been you know weather wise or even you know from the standpoint of the state of the world it hasn't been a particularly perky march I think <laughs> it's safe to say it has not it has not but we will be back in April on the fifteenth the middle of the month with yet another episode of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere if things go according to plan we'll be talking with another couple of authors stay tuned for that you never know how these things are going to work out. Um, but we do have a number of great interview guests lined up for this season, our 16th season. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. If you continue to do that, we do appreciate it. And please, the one thing you can do to help support the show, even if you're not a financial supporter, which is okay, we would simply ask that you tell other people about I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere. If you listen to podcasts, if you frequent our site, however you choose to do it, you sharing I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere is the best vote of confidence that we could have. So thank you in advance for that. In the meantime, this is the lionized Scott Monty. <laughs> and I am the lateral Burt Wolder. <laughs> and together we say... The, the game's afoot. <laughs> the, the game's afoot. You know, I'm afraid that in the pleasure of this conversation, I'm neglecting business of importance, which awaits me elsewhere. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to join us again for the next episode of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, the first podcast dedicated to Sherlock Holmes. Goodbye, and good luck, and believe me to be, my dear fellow, very sincerely yours, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes.